Hello. You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo Whoa. of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the to at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Hoop and holler, you already know what the hell going on, man. Good to be back. It's been a little bit hectic scheduling-wise lately, but, you know, we're trying to make it happen as best as we can. And hopefully we're going to have a consistent schedule coming up in the coming weeks now that we have a set time at which we're going to be recording. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That's all production stuff. Y'all ain't got to worry about that. All y'all got to worry about is basketball as it relates to this relationship between the audience and us. So let's go ahead and get into that. But before we do, I do have an announcement to make. Today I committed to the, the what what's our team name Julio the other players the old no the only players the only it's like players a play, it's like a play on only fans <laughs> so i committed <laughs> to the downy only players to be the starting small forward i'm sorry to write that's the wrong position that's the wrong position I don't know, dog. All I know is that I'm starting. Oh, obviously. Obviously, star player Julio, <laughs> star player coach Julio is going to be. But, you know, then you got to have your star player, then you got to have, like, the secondary. I'll be the Chris Middleton to your Giannis Antetokounmpo. Whoa, you did not just call me the second best player on my team. I was just playing. <laughs> Honestly, a more a more accurate comparison would be you would be the Chris Middleton to my, like, if we're being real in terms of game style, that would be pretty yeah. accurate. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Eddie, to – bring you in on the joke i we're doing a, um a summer league a men's league should be interesting we get jerseys and stuff i'm excited for it i'm okay. excited yeah how long, how long does it run for i, I have know. no idea yeah, i don't know either julio just called me today right. he ain't had to tell me nothing but like we're playing basketball against people i was like bet <laughs> i'm in there okay i'm in there but um, all right when i'm back and if it's still going on i'll definitely pull up word for sure. yeah you gotta you gotta get coach player coach eddie in there bro but um yeah, that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to make that announcement. I'm wearing number six, too. But let's go ahead and get into some basketball, man. Let's go ahead and get into it. We have two Eastern Conference Finals, or Eastern Conference, excuse me. We have two Conference Finals going on, one of which is already over. Why don't we start there? Clippers versus Suns. Suns and Six, they're headed to the NBA Finals. What were our thoughts on the series as a whole, as it played out? I'll let Eddie go first on this one. I know dude has a lot to say. Um, so obviously the Suns won in six, but to me it was kind of like it didn't even go seven, but it was a toss-up series because you can look at uh, uh, obviously game two and the Valley Oop, right? Like if that last second, literally split second play doesn't happen, you know, the entire series changes. I mean, even game one was like a really close game. Um, so you can So you can look at the end result and say, okay, the Suns won in six, but to me, like it showed that um, even without Kawhi, the Clippers put up a really good fight. And, you know, if, if certain things just bounced the other way, you know, like if certain things were just a different result, right? Um, you know, like, you know, maybe the Clippers could have won. That being said, I'm not going to take away anything from what the Suns did. 
Um, Devin Booker was pretty good in, in some games. Like Chris Paul showed up for the last game. Um, and then DeAndre Ayton has, you know, continued to um, really impress people these playoffs, including me, and prove like me wrong about what I think about him. But on the Clippers side, I do want to mention that this feels like a complete 180 from where they were last year when they were eliminated in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think anyone could go on Twitter or whatever and clown them, right? Like no one could say they didn't put up a fight that, you know, they, they sort of choked under pressure or that they didn't have like a sort of winning mentality because I think it's the exact opposite. You saw a team led by Paul George and a lot of feisty role players and they absolutely, they, they felt like an underdog team, you know, and, and it's kind of funny to say that about the Clippers when last year they were kind of the, the you know, the, the um, what do you call them? The, 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 the run. What, like, what do you call them when you're like showboating when you're like up a lot? Like, um, Julio. That's what you call them. I, anyways, <laughs> part of my lack of finding vocabulary. But my whole point is the Clippers were really easy to root for and I really wanted them to pull out that series if only because they had the underdog mentality and that I wanted to see Paul George do well and you know like go on to the finals but even with them being eliminated I think that Paul George has proven more than enough even with those two missed free throws in game two that you know like he's like he's here for the moment you know and even if his shooting percentages aren't great and you know maybe He's not like the sort of playoff performer where, where he goes like absolutely berserk. I can at least say that compared to a guy like Kawhi, he'll be there game in, game, uh, game in and game out, night in, night out. And he'll put forth the sort of fighting spirit that you want to see from a star player. That even though Kawhi can give you like 12 or 16 shooting, he's not, he's not galvanizing a team like Paul George did in you know this series when Kawhi went out. So that's my main takeaway. I think... You know, obviously, congratulations to the Suns, but the Clippers, there's nothing to hang their head on with the results. Here are my thoughts, and I know you touched on a lot, so I'll, I'll try to touch on similar things and, and some different. So, on the one hand, do we, like us three, do we ever put asterisks beside anything? Never. Like like the, no. the championships? No, we don't. But we can add some context. Yes, now, Eddie, to me, it sounds like when you're speaking like this, it's it's almost sounding like, hey, let's let PG become our number one. Let Kawhi walk. Is or, that what you you're know, saying, make, Eddie? Make him an asset. And, you know, this is how we should tread forward with our team, with our franchise. I'm here to tell you, that's idealized, bro. That You're, you're just not going to win a championship. Now, hold on, hold on. Eddie, is that what you're saying? I mean, it's not technically. It's, it's not what he's saying. Okay, choice. all right. <laughs> <You're>, okay, <laughs> okay. No, go ahead. Obviously, 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 all I'm trying to say is that yes, did Kawhi look bad sitting up in the stance? Yes. Should have he been on the bench every single game, every minute of every single game? Yes, without question. But when you know Paul George. He's a great player. We all know he has superstar talent, but bro is just way too inconsistent for me to depend on you and give give you the reins to my franchise. Like there is no way just because of this simp- this one playoff run that I'm gonna do that. Like, I'm, I mean, not even counting those missed free throws. Like he he's almost like a a a, a step up above Chris Middleton. 
he'll give you great games, and then he'll give you some, like, where'd you go games? Like, where are you? As a franchise player, you should be there each and every night. And no, I, I, I don't just mean on the floor. I, I do I do want to ask you this, Julio. Go ahead. Did he give us any of those where-did-you-go games without when Kawhi wasn't there? I didn't feel like Paul George ever disappeared after Kawhi got hurt. He was there game in and game out. Um, disappearing for a whole game and showing up at the end of a game and then missing those free throws like that that's not that's not okay, okay. I just want kind of just, bad just asking the and and, and I, I, I don't even really want to attack him so much on the free throws because you know stuff like that happens he looks like he gets kind of nervous but hey can't really do anything about that um, and then on the next thing uh, DeAndre Ayton I do want to second uh, what Eddie was talking about because he has impressed me mainly because this is something I hold so true and you guys know this. I want players to play in their role. And it's almost like an old school head coach mentality where it's like play in your role and in your, in your kind of talent and enjoy that role. And that, that's what I really feel like he does in this series and in this playoffs as a whole. To me, he really showed me, like, he's, he wasn't really doing fadeaways. There was a few times, and, you know, I can't blame him. He's a, he's a young player. There's a few times where he would post up and fade away. But for the most part, he wasn't doing stuff that, that was out of his bag. Not, not to say that so much that's out of his bag, but he was focused on the things that he was supposed to be focused on. Screening, rebounding, boxing out, catching lobs. He wasn't, a, you know, he wasn't getting picked apart on, on defense, defending a pick and roll. So he was doing everything that you want out of a big man. And it's almost like, obviously, a guy like AD is much more talented than him. But when I, you know, AD doesn't stick to what I want him to stick to, or Joel Embiid doesn't stick in the paint on the block where I want him to be, uh, uh, like a DeAndre Aiden showed us in this series and in the entire playoffs. Um, and then... The other thing I kind of wanted to touch on was just the, the – the, and this goes to the playoffs as a whole. Social media is insane, bro. Like one, one day Chris Middleton's the Batman and the hero. The other day Chris Middleton's ass. One day Paul George is like, he just proved his haters wrong. You guys are all wrong. The next day his free throw is like, it, he's horrible. And then this goes to my point. Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann – folks – Folks was really ready to be like, bro is ready to step up, be in Kawhi's role, and the Clippers are good to go forward without Kawhi Leonard. And I feel like there's a slight little bit of feeling that Eddie holds on to there, where it's like, we can really grow Terrence Terrence Mann. Mann. Not Terrence Mann. (laughs) We can grow Terrence Mann, and he can be like a Kawhi Leonard, because when Kawhi Leonard came in the league, he wasn't that great. He wasn't refined. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. So... All this, like, get rid of Kawhi because he's no good and we can, we've can we gone further than ever before with PG alone. There's a reason for that. And you guys won't get back to, to this point if all the teams are healthy and you continue with this team. Not to mention that their cap situation is looking badly. Um, and then the other thing I want to say was congrats to Reggie Jackson. Uh, that That's a dude who... I was really again mad about that the Lakers didn't get because he we all like we we knew like he has that potential that ability to play. Um, Eddie might say you know he didn't bring it out on a night in night out basis, 
But he really showed this playoffs. Like, he's a legit, legit point guard. So, um, big ups to him. And, uh, yeah, for me. Oh, the other thing. On the on the Valley Oop. Yo. Credit to Tyron Lue for, you know, getting his team to where he got him to. But you got to know, bro. That, that, that was some horrible coaching there. I was literally saying they are not going to go to Devin Booker. That is way too predictable. They have uh, enough guys around D-Book uh, uh, that are capable enough to score this bucket. And as a .9, you know, .9 shot, you don't want a fadeaway. You want something close to the basket. I, I was literally telling myself, bro, they're going to get something at the rim. You have to defend the rim at all costs. I'd rather have D-Book shooting, shooting a fadeaway corner three than something, you know, an alley-oop at the rim, uh, even, even if it's not a dunk. And what happened? Like that, that was some. If Tyron Lue told his players what to expect, then that's on the players. But that was some horrible execution by, by uh, the Clippers right there. And for Boogie to not guard the rim, bro was guarding away from the rim. No, 0.9 seconds. You blocked the rim. You showed the rim. I'm not even sure you want a defender on the inbound play. But that's neither here nor there. Congrats to the Clippers. You know, we're over here celebrating conference finals uh, when, you know, you guys are trashing on their 17 championships. So, um, and, and then on the Suns, you guys are celebrating like y'all won a freaking championship. I, I, I must be confused because you guys out there parading on the bus and us in L.A., we, ha- we haven't even had our parade from last year's championship. But whatever, y'all can enjoy it also. Yeah, you- Went a little haterade there at the end, man. I don't know where that came from, but anyway. I'm a hater. I, I've told people I'm a hater. Yes, you are. Yes. Everyone just thinks I'm a hater. That's the, y'all know it. Anyways, um, I want to shout out our friend, or I guess my, myself and Eddie's friend, Jack Gentry, just because he works for the Suns right now. And like, what a hell of a time to, to pick to work for the Suns. Um, but it was interesting because I saw him a couple weeks ago when they were out in L.A., I'm not sure I should have said that out loud. No one's listening to this. Um, but uh, I saw him, and I was like, Jack, you've been watching film, because he works in the film room. You've been watching film on the Suns all year long. Uh, who's a dude that you like? And he's like, Jay Crowder. I really like Jay Crowder's game. And y'all know how I feel about Jay Crowder. Y'all know what I think about Jay Crowder's game, specifically one aspect of his game that doesn't really get a whole lot of love, but I think he's really fucking good at ever since he was in Memphis. And I'm asking Jack, I'm like, Jack, you've been watching him all year. What's the most underrated thing about Jay Crowder? His passing ability. We agree. Jay Crowder is a hell of a passer, and I'm glad it got to be on a national stage for uh, the the Valley Oop. Is that what they're calling it? I haven't heard that one. They're calling it the Valley Oop? I agree with you. Like, yeah, you got to see that coming. But at the end of the day, I think it was kind of not a foolproof plan, but one that's like the most obvious choice because, okay, we have – literally the dude on the court who can get higher than anyone else that you can put on the court right now. So might as well throw it up there. I did want to say on the note of Paul George, I agree with you a hundred percent, Eddie, anyone who says that he folded, anyone who says that he's still this, this choker that everyone talked about, they had a preconceived notion of Paul George that they're unwilling to let go of. Because if you watched him throughout this series and throughout the playoffs, he's been damn good. On the note of how to move forward if you're the Clippers, and obviously there will be off-season episodes for that, but the elephant in the room is what do we do about Kawhi Leonard or what do they do about Kawhi Leonard? You can't let go of Kawhi Leonard. You just can't. You you, you can't. Yeah, you I'm can't. Not. It's too good. 
I'm not saying they let go of Kawhi Leonard, but I feel like I've said this about the Clippers since day one. Like, who is their best player in my eyes? I think it's Paul George, even though Kawhi... He doesn't bring is, it out on a consistent enough basis, so that, that's uh, on so I've does, this. Does, if you're does, the Clippers, you need to tap in and, like, put all your chips and your support systems into bringing out the best version of PG. And I know it's not that easy. He has to easy. bring it out on himself. That, that's hard. Now, I will say... When PG and Kawhi plays together, what do you see, though? You see... Kawhi hijacking possessions, taking his 15-footers, and he makes and he makes them a lot. They both hijack but, possessions. But the thing is, when PG gets going, you know what he does? He gets two feet into the paint, right? He penetrates, he kicks out to shooters, and now, like, when you saw when Kawhi got hurt, what did you see? Good ball movement, everyone getting involved. You saw guys like Terrence Mann getting 40-point games. I think it really changes the offense when you get a player who, you know, can can do more than just get their own shot. And that's what? part of why I think Paul George's in, like efficiency numbers are not as good because he'll put himself in positions to take tougher shots. He'll try to finish through the trees in the paint instead of, you know, rising up and taking a 15-footer, right? And, like, that stuff really matters, I think. Why, why, why is it, if he's so much – if he has better ability, which I do, I think he has a better skill set, and he's much smarter, he has better IQ, and he knows what to do, and uh, he gets to the paint rather than – shooting a 15-foot jumper, why is his freaking percentage always worse than Kawhi's? It's because he doesn't take the shots that he's always most comfortable with. He's going to press the issue. You know, like, I think I think that's just how his game is built. He thinks like a guard, and I think guards think that sort of way. They get two feet in the paint and look for, uh, you know, uh, finishes at the rim, or, you know, if they can collapse the defense, they'll kick out to the shooter, right? And... I think, I think that's a really valuable part of PG's game. Like I've said before that I think PG's the better player. Maybe that's a little, you know, egregious. Like Kawhi has proven with his track record to be the better player. But I think Paul George, when you get him going right, especially when you got PG and Kawhi playing together, PG has to be like the number one focal point, I think. Like he has to be the sort of engine and Kawhi is like the... I don't want to say he's the second option. He's just a really good secondary piece who can get this bucket, whatever you uh, call it. Into. I'm trying to think of of, a, of another like situation in the NBA that I would make the comparison of how because I'm we've talked about this on this podcast before where there are wings and there are guards and Paul George isn't technically a guard, but I, I would be inclined to agree with you that he kind of plays like a guard when you put the ball in his hands and tell him like it's your show. Um, and there's space for both of those things. That's the most dynamic offense that you can put out there is one that has a dynamic guard and a dynamic wing at the same time, and you have multiple ways to kill somebody. In an ideal world, you would be able to run consistent you know, offense that involves all five players at the same time, and then push comes to shove, come crunch time, Kawhi comes in and closes it, right, and they both get their you know, 20, 25 points a game. Um, I'm almost inclined to agree with you, Eddie. I'm almost inclined to say... Paul George should be the wow. not I don't think he has to be the number one option, right? I don't think he has to even take the most shots. But I think that he needs to be the vehicle through which the offense goes. If that makes sense. Like if it's um well, that's why I'm trying to think of an example of like where there's a guy in the league who's not necessarily uh, it's not a heliocentric thing where the guy who has the ball in their hands is the guy who takes the most shots where we have a guy who well, runs our I offense mean, and a guy who takes I mean, the most me, shots to me it's sort of on a small scale like the steph KD conundrum right like KD is the more gifted scorer compared to steph but when but like teams 
like the Rockets said, like we'll let KD just keep on getting ISO buckets because it means the four other people on the floor are just going to be standing around and not doing anything. And it's still KD at the end of the day. Like that's a daring strategy, but it's better than getting a guy like Steph who who creates for you know like creates for the four others to get you know everyone else going. And it almost did the warrior. It almost did the Warriors in right. Like, but it didn't. But it worked. It still worked. It worked because it was Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant, right? But exactly. when we're not talking about, we're talking about a league with a little more parity. Perhaps you, and, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Eddie. I think I, I'm not if, even going to say inclined if, to. I'm with you. If you're talking about making PG the point guard because Patrick Beverly is not a good point guard, that's fine with me. He, he can be the point guard. I think that's what he it looks good. like. I think it looks like Kawhi Leonard takes the most shots. He probably averages the most points, but Paul and George he's the best gets. Player. Sure, if like yeah, sure, it, it, and but Paul George, I guess, commands most of the usage because I want him running my offense more than I want Kawhi Leonard kind of stopping the show, and he gets his shots. Of course, I'm not saying I don't think any of us are saying Kawhi Leonard doesn't get his shots, but clearly there's a different energy to how that team works from a functional standpoint and from an emotional standpoint when Paul George is at the helm. It's like that was clear as day. I will say. I don't view this team as an underdog. They were an underdog in this particular circumstance because of the chips that they were having, right, with Kawhi, their best player on the bench and hurt. Um, but this team isn't an underdog. They were an underdog right now, but come next year, they're not Not to say they're not going to have the same underdog mentality, but you can't call a team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on it an underdog. There's just no way. But Oh, yeah, but it's just like once he went out, they gave me underdog-like fighting mentality. And... That's just, I, I like I like watching teams. It's kind of like Nuggets, you know, like from the from two playoffs ago. It's like I like teams who play like they actually give a damn, you know. So and it felt like the Clippers really did. No doubt about it. Um, any parting words, uh, I guess, in regards to the Suns, because that that is the team that made the finals. I do want to make sure that we talk enough about the team that's going to be playing more. Um, how about um, I ask this? Who would be a more favorable matchup? Given what we know about the injuries, and we'll get into that, who would be a more favorable matchup for the Suns, the Bucks or the Hawks? I would say the, the Hawks. Bucks. The Hawks. Oh, let's get into because it. Because no, no Trey Young. Well, you're saying Trey Young is trying to come back, and mm-hmm. I feel like if they make it to the finals, he'll be back. And the one thing I'm scared of with DeAndre Ayton is Ayton hasn't had to play like a really good guard in the playoffs. Yeah. Because I think that's his one weakness. Um, like, he, he's pretty good on defense at everything else. But, like, I saw him, like, when he played, like, Steph, and, and that's obviously Steph. Like, it's unfair. But, like, him, like, against Dame as well. Um, you know, like, any big who, like, he's not even slow-footed, but he's just slow-footed compared to the really good guards. Um, I think can give him trouble. So that that's the only thing. And then the Bucks, like, I feel like they have the facilities to defend the Bucks. With you know Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, yeah. you can put the wings. Uh, you can put the wings that the Suns have on them, and DeAndre Ayton as like the the baseline, the backline help defender. Um, yeah, and then the Hawks are just dangerous, man. Like even yesterday yeah. when it seemed like they were done in the first five minutes, like they kept on making it a game until like you know about five minutes to go. So the Hawks just have this like weird collection of like offensive weaponry and then also like just enough like youthful energy to really make things dangerous yeah i mean i i say the hogs presuming that trey young and Giannis are both out if they're both healthy and it's more likely obviously like you said 
that Trey Young is going to come back and not Giannis, then it would obviously be the Bucks for the 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 last reason you said defending the Bucks is just not that it would be easy, but it would be kind of. <laughs> It, it wouldn't be a, a real challenge. I'll, I'll say it this way. It wouldn't be their hardest challenge in the, in the playoffs. And, you know, obviously with the Bucks, they don't have the offensive kind of weaponry um, to, to kind of defeat that. And without DiVincenzo, without Giannis, there's just, I mean, th- those are two crucial defenders that the Bucks lose right there. So, I mean, not that it would be a sweep, but, yeah, F- uh, Phoenix would, would be taking that series. Interesting. Uh, so I guess why don't we go ahead and go into there because right now we're looking at a series that sees Atlanta up 3-2. What is the predicted out? First of all, why don't we start here before we get into predictions. What have we seen from this series thus far, particularly as it relates to how these teams work without their best players? If Aren't you the view, Bucks if up you view Giannis, I'm tripping. Yeah, you, you show right. Um, that's what I meant is the Bucks up 3-2. Yeah. How do we see as the series functioning, particularly as it relates to these teams and how they work without their best player if you view Giannis as the Bucks' best player, which you absolutely should because what are we doing if we don't view Giannis it, as the best player on the Bucks? Here, here, here's, here's how I view the Bucks. Very simple. I want y'all to follow me. Did Chris Middleton have a good game last game? He was straight. I don't think it was bad, but it wasn't like... He was pretty like He was good. He was good, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so next game he won't have a good game. That's just how Chris Middleton works. Or if he does have a good game, the next two won't be as good. It's it's very, very frustrating to see so much ability in a player. Um, and obviously he's not to the level of, uh, of Paul George. And, but yes, Paul George did impress me. And then see those players not capitalize on that potential. Because you know they can do so much, but they don't bring it out. Or if they try to, they kind of fail. And that that's my dilemma with Chris Middleton. He's not he's not he's not ever gonna be a number one Eddie. And I think you've uh kind of settled that in your heart and in your head. But um yeah, it's just it's not it. It's really, really not it. As that Bucks that Bucks offense is gonna go as he goes. And when he wanes, that offense will wane. Because as they, he's shown us, Drew Holiday is another one that's not consistent enough. And the whole team is just like, I feel like they go as their three-point shots go when they really should be dominating and focusing on the paint. I mean, shit. It's, like, it's, 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 like, it's like Budenholzer just wants them to shoot threes all the time. I, I would disagree. At least as it relates to the last game they played, it seemed like they were attacking the paint like hella. Uh, Brooke Lopez was the one I think had the most points, right? Brooke, like, yeah, yeah. He only but took two does threes. That hap- does that happen on a consistent no, basis? No, not at all. Not at all. But, you know, they, they, last they, game. They shoot way too many threes. It, it was like last year when they were the best three-point shooting team ever, the best defensive team ever. This should be one of the best teams ever by every single metric, blah, 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 blah. No. Your best player is literally modern Shaq. Get in the paint and stop focusing on shooting so many damn threes. It's really that simple. And I don't know why Budenholzer just refuses to to kind of accept that idea. Maybe because he wants to be like this modern offense. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's very frustrating to watch this team. Yeah, I, I mean... 
It's like Chris Middleton has some like really drastic home road splits, I think is what has happened this playoffs. But that being said, like when you put the ball in his hands, he gives you like twenty five, like ten and like eight or you know and how many how many times how many times have you sh- have you seen him shoot like five for or seven for like twenty one though? Like he has like, so that, many of those games. That that's fair, and the thing with him is like I I believe that he can get his shot up because he has so like he has so much in his bag. It's just that the shots sometimes you know don't go down, and like a lot of games I've seen, it's just like front rim, back rim, and it's, it's obviously really frustrating. Um, but that being said, like I think the Bucks are far more well off if they don't have Giannis compared to the Hawks if they don't have Trey, because like Trey is like truly an engine to the team. Like if you take him away, there's no one else who can basically dribble almost outside of like Lou Williams and then not even dribble but you know can like can you get pressure you know in in the paint like there's no one on the team that could do that and at the beginning of the game uh last game it was just funny because they they were getting Brooke Lopez on switches and Kevin Herter tried to drive and it was like Kevin Herter was like what am I doing here like I don't I don't know how to dribble you know and then it was like Bogdanovich but Bogdanovich couldn't get past him because he's not like athletic enough so yeah they really need Trey back badly i think to win this series which by the way i did predict the hawks to win in seven but you know all these injuries it's like it, it doesn't even matter at this point mm-hmm. but yeah i think the, the the bucks are definitely much more equipped to uh win without their star player than the hawks are yeah i would agree i would agree yeah it, it's it's gonna be interesting um i did want to mention I mean, I knew my Bobby Cam Cook. Reddish. I don't. I don't need to hear about Cam Reddish, bro. It's not going in that direction. But thank you. Seriously. For... I mean, oh, by, I mean, on that on that topic, I, I mean, this oh, is just a side. But can, I was, can I was I just, talking about how. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, I kind of feel like Reagan with these Atlanta Hawks. Like, I don't care about the proven star anymore. You know, like. You got the you got the Steph and Steve Nash combo, see, you know, see. and 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 Trey, and you got Clay with Herder, and oh then Reddish and Hunter look like the next Kawhi oh and PG, oh and you know Big, Big O looks like the next Bam Adebayo. Like Shit. I don't know, man. They got so many. They got so many pieces on this team. Yep. It's like you almost yep. don't want to give up on them. <laughs> they they really they really do. They really do. They really do. And, and look, this is what I was gonna. T- this is exactly what I was gonna touch on because I saw Eddie's tweet. And it is you you got Reagan rubbing off a little bit too much on you, bro, and, and it's making you go crazy. What? Because what are you trying to say exactly, about me? This is exactly when you make these trades. You as as an Atlanta Hawk fan, or I'm not a fan, but as you know, whoever's rooting for them, um, and and as an executive GM, whatever people in the front office, you you pray to God and thank Him. You should be thanking him every night that a guy like Cam Reddish came back and had a game like that. You know why? Because it's the end of the season. You're you might get eliminated soon, and so what's the last thing Cam Reddish left out on that floor and displayed for other teams who may be interested in young assets? A great performance, a great performance that can turn into one day a superstar, a star in this league. This is exactly when you make these trades, when, 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 when players optimize their values and have these, you know, really, really good performances on the big stage that you know can't be replicated on a long term with the, all these groups of guys. This is exactly when you optimize, get together, 
and, and you know the values are, are at their highest. You trade away and get a good piece. Would the Lakers not be in a in a in a better position now if they had traded Kuzma before you know LeBron had come in? Bro was dropping like twenty. Is he in a better light now or before? I, I just want to hear that answer because guys can drop twenty twenty five on horrible teams and then you know go to a good team and and not you know I don't want to say be worthless but not not be as great or not pan out. So this is exactly when you make these deals. That's just my thoughts. I, I feel I, like I you can go these ahead. players on the Hawks. Like I just think these young players like legitimately like have like are can be really special. And and I know I understand what you're saying, Julio, but you know, like this is not um you know D'Anthony Melton, you know? Like th- th- this is this is a uh, like th- like they all have crazy high upsides. Like you even see big Why why scenes. bring D'Anthony like, into this? I mean, you you bring up the Grizzlies young core like that that's you know, that's you know your go-to, right? So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to draw, you know. So, like, the same thing with, with the Grizzlies. This is exactly when you what? Yeah, no, but I'm saying when, when you trade Dylan scenarios. Brooks. In most scenarios, I'd say go get the proven star. But I don't know, man. This Atlanta team, like, they drafted really well, and, and like, yeah, if, if they can I, go get, like, yes. if, if they can go get yeah. like a Jalen Brown, like, sure, like, whatever. That that's smart. But like, you never know. Like, you never know. Like, what if the Warriors traded Clay and Draymond for Kevin Love? Like, you, you just never know with these things. They, they, they have they have drafted well. They, they have drafted well. And that drafting well puts you in a position to get guys like AD, like, to get special dudes to come to your team and, and to optimize Trey Young and, and whoever else is going to come. Because, okay, well, let, let, me, let me ask you guys this just very, very simply. If the Hawks ended up being a six seed next year, would you guys be surprised? Not at all. Not at all. What about a seven seed? I'd be a little bit not, surprised if they dropped a little way. bit, but not not like it's that's egregious, right? You can see them taking a quote unquote step back. Can you guys see them being a first round exit? Yeah. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Okay then. Then you know how to tread. Now you know I feel. I feel like, honestly, the Hawks have drafted almost so well that they can have the best of both worlds here. And what I mean by that is that you have so much yes. talent on that team that you can keep. Yes. You can pick, you know, one, two, maybe even yes. three young dudes that I want to keep and develop, yes. and then ship out the rest of the young dudes. But what you have to do if you're Atlanta is consolidate some of that talent that you have right now yes. because everybody can't get 25 minutes a game. Everybody yes. can't get 10 shots a game, 15 shots a game, 20 shots a game. You got to consolidate at some point because Cam Reddish is having yes. that game now. But when you have, you know, you're talking about Trey Young on the court and Kevin Herter and Gallinari and Onyeka and Capella and DeAndre Hunter's coming back Bogdanovich. and you're Bogdanovich and you got like, there's just, there's so much good, very, very good players that you might as well go get like a great or elite player if you can. And you're still going to have really very good young players to develop after the fact because you've drafted yeah. so well. I don't think you keep all of them. I think you trade some of them and keep the ones that you have, I guess, a little bit more assurance that they're going to continue to develop on the track that but they just, are. I, see, I agree with you, and that helps keep depth and, and keep your team, you know, since all these guys are kind of, you know, first, not first year guys, but. Um, you know, their salaries aren't too high. It keeps your salary cap low. But just know that when you are leveraging these young guys to go get a star, a superstar, whatever the case may be, 
those teams are going to ask for a hefty price. How many times have teams getting uh, 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 for a team getting a superstar? You have to overpay sometimes. So you have to know that your second, obviously you're not touching Trey, but your second, third, fourth choices might not be there when when, when you make those trades because they're going to ask for those types of do. People are going to ask for Kevin Herbert. People are going to ask for you know the the top dudes on your team not named Trey Young. So you you just have to be ready and willing to to depart. Now I will say, you don't part ways unless you're getting like. A hefty like I, I wouldn't part ways with Cam say hypothetically Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter and Bogdanovich if it meant Jalen Brown that's too much like you you got if you're gonna be parting ways with that much young talent you got to be getting at least Ben Simmons or more when I think of the the caliber of player that like All Star caliber third team All NBA or greater type of player. Or else I'm running it back with the dudes that I have. Because I'm not going to settle for less value than I'm giving up if you're the Hawks. You can't do that. Yeah, no, that's true. But in in my mind, I almost would put Jalen above Ben Simmons at this point. But maybe that's just, you know, recency. I, kinda, I don't know why I have a hunch, but I feel like Ben Simmons and Trey uh-huh. Young could be so special. It might push Capella out of the picture, like, low-key. I love, I love the idea of Ben Simmons for, like, two years now. But I'm, I'm just out on the idea of it. Like, like... The player, like, I knew he had his flaws, but the idea seemed great. And then the more I just watch him play, it's like the idea of you, like, yeah. doesn't really hand out in my mind yeah. anymore either. Yeah. I don't feel like the idea of him, like, we haven't, like, I think we all agree, Super Draymond, right? Like, we're all on the same page there. Yeah, I'm out on that idea because really? he's just, like, Draymond is at least aggressive, you know? Like, if he shoots a floater, he'll miss the rim and hit all backboard. But, you know, like, he shoots that floater. Like, if Ben Simmons doesn't have any aggression to his game, like you're not doing anything. Like you're not you're not putting any pressure on a defense. And the idea of us like one to five defender, like I used to think he was one to five, but he's really just one to three. Like I've never seen him guard a big man. He's just a perimeter defender. Like think about it. Have you seen him guard a big man? Like, remember these Giannis? moments. Remember these moments. I, I just want everybody to look at the Ben Simmons is a dude who I feel like is getting greased right now. I just want everybody to remember these moments. No, I, ben Simmons I do is a, too. I do too. So it could be recency bias. It could be you know the yeah. influence. And, and and the the thing the thing about it is that all three of us have said in the past that we if we had to stick with one, we we stick with Ben Simmons. We did say, and that. obviously that that this playoffs has made that kind of change and made us kind of wrong. But it's again, then you go back. You always go back to see, you know. Joel Embiid got hurt again. What if he gets hurt going forward? Ben Simmons, you know he hasn't optimized his potential, but like Eddie said, the ideation in your mind just, again, it just doesn't pan out anymore. And it's really, really uh, kind of disappointing to see as a basketball fan. Um, But, yeah, yeah. All right. So last question before we get up out of here. Have the Phoenix Suns, for all intents and purposes, already won this finals? I'll leave it at that. Oh, they have not even won the finals, but Chris Paul has won the finals MVP, averaging 17 points and 8 assists, while Devin Booker puts 35 up the game. No doubt. It felt like you just wanted to throw some Chris Paul shade in there. I did, because people, I mean, like, Chris Paul's great, but, like, he had one good game, and everyone decided to forget about the whole rest of the team. But I can see that happening, realistically. 
he'll get one of those like Andre Iguodala Finals MVPs. That's like very narrative driven. Okay, narrative driven. I was gonna say because Andre Iguodala was putting up like eight points a game that series, but so you think that yes, the Phoenix Suns have already won the finals for all, barring something unforeseen. Yeah, unless like Giannis can really come back or something, but like that, that would be crazy. That was a really ugly injury, by the way. We didn't really talk about the injuries, but Giannis's like. That was just like really hard to watch, and I think they just this. It was ultimately just a hyper extension, but like that was a bad one. That was a bad one. What about you, Julio? For all intents and purposes, are the Phoenix Suns the NBA champions? Easily. Easily. It's not. It's not even a discussion. Well, and I'm I might have to watch these this annoying ass team celebrate. Well, guess what? I'm going to bet against the field because I don't know. It feels like I don't know. Like this whole playoffs has been defined to me, at least, as it's a like it's anyone's show. Like anything can fucking happen. Don't expect anything expected. Expected like you know we're we're already looking at a group of teams that no one thought would be in this position except for perhaps the Milwaukee Bucks. But did anyone think the Bucks would really be here instead of the Nets or the Sixers? So I don't know. Yeah, if I, I mean, I, I really feel like I've, I've said this before everyone started to at least in, in media, this this playoffs is going to be defined by who who's the healthiest team. And I, there's like a stat out there that the Phoenix Suns were like the healthiest team in the whole league. And it's, I mean, it, it would make sense for them to uh, win the championship. Now, you, you might have me a little bit if Trey, I could see the Hawks getting off a few games if... Trey Young was fully healthy. Now I know he's probably going to come back, but he's not going to be fully healthy. Um, but other than that, no, the Suns are going to take it. The the last thing that I did want to mention, and perhaps this, this could be clipped to the front of the pod, just because I, I'll go on a little bit, because uh, uh, I know we're short on time, of uh, uh, whatever, just talking. NBA, just players in general want to be coached by former players. players. Please. It's not a freaking hard concept. It's not only because you entrust those people, because what they did on the floor, you you, you grew up to them. You you may, Maybe you didn't idolize them, but you know they could hoop. Bro, it's the 1% of the 1% of the 1% who make it to the NBA. So you, there's some, level, t- some type of uh, uh, level of respect there. But it's not only what you did on the floor. It's it's also like the like the I, I was gonna say Steve Nash, but it's a whole bunch of examples where the coach understands the player's plight. Now people might say, Oh, you know, you make twenty, thirty, ten, eight, five million, what whatever it is, five million dollars. But there's still like a, a, a an internal pressure that happens within players' minds that only that 1% of the 1% of the 1% who've truly gone through it can really understand. And it, again, it's much broader than just the stuff on the court. But just the stuff on the court, it's 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 uh, kind of evident and just credence enough for former players to be hired in these uh, uh, head coaching roles. I'm not even going to say, you know, three of the last four coaches standing were uh, uh, NBA players because, I mean, that, that's that's evident. Um, but again, players want to be coached by former players. It's not that hard. You trust them more. You you take what what they say uh, uh, better. 
you take what they say, not with a grain of salt, but it's, it's, I mean, it's just obvious. It's just obvious. And, and teams should, if you want to be a great team, I, I feel like moving forward, um, if your head coach is not a former player, fill out your staff with former players. Who was a former player on um, um, this Clippers, uh, 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 you know, head coaching staff? Ty Lue. Uh, Chauncey Billups and Ty oh, Lue. Yeah. Like, th- these are two – Ty Lue obviously wasn't a great player, but he was a pretty good player. And Chauncey Billups was obviously a Hall of Fame player. So, I mean, th- th- there's a bunch of examples to-, to go by in the NBA, and I hope that trend continues because, it, I mean, for players, that- that's just so much better for them. I agree with you, man. There's a certain level of respect. And even, like, I think it transcends even just basketball, just sports in general. I, I just – you remember times, like, going through sports where if you had a coach who, even if it wasn't that – even if they played, if it just had been a minute, like, in those low moments where it's like you, you're sending me on an extra suicide or you're sending me on another lap or you're chewing me out for some shit I did, like, it, it's – in the back of your head, it's like you did not do this shit. How do you know? Like, wait, like you, you, you don't know what I'm going through on the field. So to have somebody who knows what you're going, who knew what you were going through on the field, sometimes it registers a little better. Especially when you're getting chewed out or someone's drawing up something that you're not sure is going to work. It's like okay, I can at least resonate with the fact that you've been here and done that. I can trust that a little bit more than somebody who's just like, and, you ain't been and, there. You ain't the been in the, you ain't been in that shit, man. Yeah, yeah, and the argument that's always kind of like it's not blatantly said, but it's in the back of people's minds. It's that people who don't come from a playing background, but come from, I I, I may not have played, but I watched and studied, and you know I'm smart, and, and they always those coaches always get branded, but with like a stamp of of approval from oh this dude is smart. He's so intellectual. He knows what to do in the most critical moments. He knows where to put the chess pieces. Sure, he may be that, but he may not be that, a la Brad Stevens, a la Terry Stotts, a la Budenholzer. I can I can go on and on with dudes who have been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. You cannot tell me that a dude like Chauncey Billups or a dude like Jason – and I know Jason Kidd may not have – um, um, you know, succeeded uh, to the to the ultimate extent in his first two head coaching runs. But you cannot tell me that it doesn't even have to be former point guards, but former players don't carry some of those former players don't carry that that same intellect that you're talking about. So it, it's it's uh, it's gratifying to see um, to see these players assume head coaching roles because um, it's it, I feel like it just makes the game that much better. Yeah. It's not to say either because like I don't know I, I like there, there's there's something to be said for like a, a non-linear path to having an ethos in the realm of basketball, but when it comes to something that's so visceral as coaching, right? Like it's not just contingent upon how much do you know about X's and O's. If that were the name of the game and that was it, it wouldn't matter whether you played. It wouldn't matter whether you studied it. As long as you met at those X's and O's and that was the end of the game, it wouldn't matter where you came from as long as you knew what it was. But you're talking about a role that not just demands a knowledge of the game, but the ability to command the respect of each and every player on that roster. And sometimes that's just out of your hands. Like sometimes... People decide whether or not they're going to respect you based on, you know, unfortunately preconceived notions about what they believe somebody who knows basketball should look like, right? And 
you know, there's work to be done and why people have those preconceived notions. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to achieve an objective, right, sometimes that's not going to be done through the means of if I basically if your players can't believe in the dude, then he's not going to be a guy to bring you to the mountaintop because you can't. You can't force people to believe in somebody that they don't want to believe on, whether or not they should believe in them. Because I, again, I do try to advocate for nonlinear paths in the sports. Everyone doesn't have to come through having played, um, but that does carry a level of ethos that can't be replicated by somebody who's watched or observed. It, I think that's important to be said. Yeah. Any parting words? Nah, I have some. You brought up a finals MVP, Eddie. I have a finals MVP. You guys know who David Crew is? No one? No. Any guesses? David Crew? He works for the Phoenix Suns. I'll give you that hint. Oh, he's the, uh, the, the like, health and, like, physical training. The head like, athletic director. trainer. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Eddie's son has gotten it done. That is your finals MVP, if you ask me. <laughs> And side note, guess where he was last year? The Lakers? Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee, where we groom champions, baby. That's where we get them from. Wait, 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 wait. You are not taking credit. Hey, hey, actually, take credit. It'll be your best banner in your arena. And take credit. <laughs> uh, we breeded the Suns trainers that, that ended up being in this championship year that you know, every team got hurt, so we made that happen. Congratulations to the Phoenix Suns, but we made that happen. There you go. 2021. Let's hang Champs. it up. Let's hang it up. I'm down for it. Let's get it. Let's make it happen. Anyways. John Durant is going to bounce as quick as possible. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Hoop and Holler. As always, go follow the socials at HoopHollerPod on Instagram and Twitter, all of that good stuff. Interact with us. You know, follow our personals. We probably tweet more from our personals than we do from the actual Instagram and, and Twitter. But anyways, we like to hear from y'all. So much appreciated for tuning in. We will be more consistent moving forward. So stay tuned for more episodes and we will see you next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast.